thank you for those who've joined me. Uh, it's always nice to see some friendly faces. Um, and hello to everybody who is listening back today. Uh, unfortunately, you won't be able to see uh, my face as we go along here. My computer has just had a complete meltdown. We're doing it on the tablet. Uh, hopefully this works. Hopefully you can all see, um, see what's going on. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, and what we're going to be doing today is some very interesting stuff, some stuff which potentially might, um, I, I'm sure everyone will learn some stuff about calories in terms of calorie control and how to get the most out of their, their nutrition in terms of fat loss. And um, we're going to be debunking a few myths, chucking a few facts out there and making sure that you guys are absolutely sort of straight up with what it is that you need to do, right? Because the thing that we need to know from the start point is, is really, really simple. And all of this stuff, if you're, if you're anything like me and you're into nutrition, all of this stuff is, is fascinating, right? So firstly, something that's been made popularized recently in the last sort of, I don't know, five years or so, sort of the second half of since I've been doing my PT stuff is that all that matters is that you measure your calories and you make sure that you are in a caloric deficit. You know, you um, you work out what your basal metabolic rate is. You look at how many calories you're burning when you're exercising and uh, when you're walking. You then work out how many calories you need to therefore be consuming. You consume those calories, you weigh and measure them, and then it works. Um, one thing, though, you will find that even if you do do that, sometimes that doesn't work. Um, the fact of the matter is, and it's not going to what we're going to be talking about today, is that the number of exercise calories estimated by lots of things are quite high um, but also that uh, calories aren't all the same so 100 calories of one food will not necessarily equate to 100 calories of another food when it comes to maintaining calorie balance calories are not the same in and in a number of ways and this can affect your progress massively because if you're eating certain types of food regularly um, or not that can make over the course of a day, a week, a month, a year, a substantial difference to the amount of progress that you make in terms of the number of calories that you're consuming, but also the number of calories that you want to consume. You know, some calories will help you to feel less hungry, more hungry, um, and this will make an enormous difference to your overall progress, okay? So what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be drilling down into the essentials of what it is that you need to do for optimal fat loss from a calorie perspective, okay? So where we would put this is quite basic. This is quite sort of level one, level two stuff. This is not super advanced. This is focusing on the basics and making sure you're getting it right. So everybody needs to know what I'm about to say and everyone then needs to take action on it to make sure that they're getting the best results possible, okay? So to start with, we just wanna quickly and sort of briefly outline what the problems are as we always do. It's really common, as I just said, for people to stick to calorie intakes, do all the maths, do all the hard work, do all the measuring, the weighing, the preparing, carrying around the food with them, making sure they're getting everything measured, getting to the end of a week or a month and still not making progress. And that's really, really frustrating. It's happened a lot in the past before. And it's one of the main reasons why I stopped um, starting people off by measuring calories. Often as well, when some people seem to be able to stick to their calorie targets, um, and you know they feel hungry all the time other people are sticking to their calorie targets and they feel fairly content some people say oh do you know what i've never felt so full it doesn't seem right that that, that should be possible so a lot of your food choices will affect how that is and then lastly we're also thinking about you know what 
what foods do we need to actually be consuming more of or less of in order to make sure we make progress? Now, on that front, there's not going to be anything massively different to what you've heard already. What will be really interesting is it's actually understanding what it is about different foods that make them good or bad. What are the key factors so that then you can go out and actively choose those foods and make sure you know what you need to be eating to make progress. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this up into a few chunks. So four or five principles that you would need to understand in order to get the most out of this. The first of which is what is a calorie? Now, we all know kind of what a calorie is. It's a unit of energy. It's something that's on the back of a packet. Um, it basically tells you how many energy, how much energy uh, is in your food. Um, but to put it more specifically, a calorie is uh, the amount of heat required to raise one milliliter, so like a little drop of water, um, by one degree. Okay. And what you'll probably have found is that um, you'll see on the back of packets it actually says kcal, so kilocalorie. Um, which is the number of the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of a liter of water by um, one degree C. Okay, so to heat a you know a a liter of water from freezing to boiling will take you pretty much a hundred calories. Okay, so that's that's what your kettle's doing every time you're burning a thing, which is um, actually quite a lot of energy, right? So the thing that people get confused about, and this one, and we're not going to dwell too long on this, is that a calorie. From this point onwards, we're referring to a kilocalorie, not a calorie. It's a calorie with a big C. Um, and if you're into joules and stuff, it's yes, a, a kilocalorie is 4.2 thousand joules. People don't really use that, but it's it's something that you can use and you, you can use to compare if that's, you know, some things are measured in joules. Essentially, everything we're going forward here, a calorie is a kilocalorie. Okay. The critical point we need to go on is principle number two, and that is that not all calories are created equal. So the number of calories that reside within a food don't equal the number of calories that are listed on a packet, okay? And the number of calories that are listed on a packet do not equal the number of calories that will end up in your body after having consumed a food. The point of this little webinar, this little training, is to explain why that is, and then it's helped you to make better choices. The number of calories within a food are if you basically put the calories and you and you burnt it, let's put you say you because this is actually how they do it. It's called a bomb calorimeter um, and you burnt it to a complete cinder. The amount of energy released by burning that food absolutely completely is actually the number of energy stored within a food. That's not something that humans, when they digest their food, are able to do. And so what we've done and there's basically various um, sort of studies that was done very long time ago in terms of working out the, um, the number of calories that are within a food that's when it's um, sort of digested and what humans can get is actually less than the amount of calories in the food. So you can ignore the number of calories in the food, that's actually not that important. The critical bit is the number of calories on the packet versus the number of calories which are usable to your body, okay? Now, the important thing you need to understand on this front is then for is caloric availability. And that means that essentially the second bit, how many calories are available to you when you consume a food? If we take, for example, on the left, we have cubed sugar. So this is basically pure sucrose. The amount of calories that you would, that you would absorb from 100 calories worth of sucrose, that's if it said on the side of the packet, 100 calories worth of sucrose, would be 100 calories, 
okay? And that's very, very straightforward because the amount of energy it takes to digest, um, the amount of, uh, and the more we'll go into it, basically, this will go straight into your bloodstream and be stored or used however it is that you want, okay? Now, if we take where that sucrose came from, a lot of sucrose comes from maize or corn. If you take a corn on the cob and you were to consume said corn on the cob and you finish it all, now, without meaning to get too much into it, you will be fully aware that when you consume something like corn on the cob, uh, when it comes out the other end, there are bits of it left which haven't actually been fully digested, right? As you would expect, anything that hasn't been digested hasn't been absorbed. And so it's actually, and every food is different, but generally speaking, the more fiber that resides in a food in its whole form, um, the, the less calories you can actually extract from a food. And this is partly to do with why highly refined foods taste better to us because they're more easily available calories than less refined foods, okay? I think the example I looked up with corn is something like 60% of the calories in corn are basically absorbed and 40% of the calories in corn just go straight through you, okay? So you can eat 100 grams of sweet corn out of a can and you will actually only, or 100, 100 calories of sweet corn out of a can and you will only actually absorb 60 calories of, those, of, that, um, of that sweet corn. Okay, now these are rough numbers, okay? Everybody's different. If we're then gonna take that sweet corn, we're gonna dry it out, we're gonna mill it into corn flour, and then we're gonna take it, turn it into tortillas. We're essentially breaking up all the little cells within the, um, within the sweet corn, um, and we're actually releasing the carbohydrates and the proteins and the fats or whatever's in there um, into sort of a big mush that makes it more available to your body. So your body can't digest cellulose, right? Which is basically the thing that surrounds plant cell walls. Manually breaking it down with your, by chewing it and exposing it to very sort of low pH acids in your stomach and all that kind of stuff helps to actually try and release some of those carbohydrates. Milling the corn into flour breaks down those cells. And actually, as a result, the amount of energy available from 100 calories of corn tortillas, which are exclusively made up of corn flour and water, so there's no calories being added, you get far more calories from 100 calories of corn, corn tortillas than you would from sweet corn out of a can, okay? This, in essence, is why it's so important. And when we talk about fat loss, we talk about high protein, high fiber, high in water, anti-inflammatory and low in added fat. This is why it's so important to have a high fiber diet, but also high water. The tortillas have been dehydrated and they have been milled so that they, and generally foods that have high water content have been less processed. This means that you can eat more food whilst absorbing fewer calories, which is something that's really important, as hopefully now you understand to do, in order to optimize your calorie balance so that you can make sure that you're making as much progress as possible. That's on the way in. Now, once the calories have got in, calories don't just pile up in your body, they need to be converted into usable forms of energy, whether that be stored as glycogen in your muscles or that's stored as fat within your fat cells, or even if that's used as protein to actually 
fulfill your body's requirements, things like building obvious things like building muscle and bone, also things like enzymes, hormones, and you know, building nerve cells, the like, everything. Okay. So your body actually has to go through an expenditure of energy in order to store those calories. Now, the net total of what it is that you're actually consuming is, is when you take the amount of calories that you've consumed minus the amount of, and that's so let's say consumed is what's past your gut wall. So we've now the calories are in your body, the number of calories that are in that have been able to be that are available, so caloric availability minus the energy required to store and use it. Now, protein is very, very high in uh, what you call the thermic effect of feeding. It takes a lot of energy, 30% um, of energy of your protein consumed. So 100 calories of energy consumed in protein. So let's say it's like a steak or something. 30% of those calories will be used up just purely by your body converting it into usable protein. Because actually it takes a lot of, takes a lot of manufacturing for you to be able to convert X protein that comes in, in the form of, I don't know, as we said, beef steak or something, into um, an enzyme that you're using to digest your food. Okay, it takes a lot of energy to actually transform that. 30%. So if you eat a thousand calories a day of beef protein versus a thousand calories per day of, let's say, the other end of the spectrum, which is beef fat, one will you will eat 700 calories and one you will eat a thousand calories. Okay, and this isn't listed on the labels when you look at things. So protein calories are not as, as, as much as, as fat calories. Fat is about 97%. Um, and uh, carbohydrates are, actually, let me come back. Carbohydrates are somewhere in between. So, carbohydrates require more calories than uh, fat, but nowhere near as much as protein. So, you're starting to see why it is that we're recommending that you make sure your protein intake is high and that you make sure that your um, fiber intake is high. Okay. The last bit is then about the food that you eat affects what you're gonna, your food choices are going to be later on in terms of how full you feel. So the most satiating um, by, a, by a margin are cal uh, protein calories and fat calories. And then the least satiating by a margin is carbohydrate calories. So one of the things that we're always wondering, uh, thinking about and trying to focus on is, is fullness, is how, um, how hungry am I feeling? Am I satisfied by what I'm eating? you know, making sure that you're, you're taking control of your hunger signals. The more that you consume a high protein diet, the more, the, the less hungry you will be throughout the day. If you were to say, for example, just consume protein powder, the effects of you not consuming actually whole foods, which is high in water and all that kind of stuff, is going to have less of an effect than if you were to have chicken breast, for example. So just watch out for that. Supplemental protein is not included in the feeling of fullness, but actually eating high protein foods. So and any animal products, so including eggs and dairy, um, if it's low fat dairy, um, and then things like beans, lentils, chickpeas, pulses, all of that kind of stuff, higher in calorie, higher in protein calories will make you feel much more full. Okay. On the other hand, carbohydrates, especially carbohydrates that come without fiber, Things like Haribo sweets, I don't know, what else? Any, lots of carbohydrates that don't have any fiber also have fat included. Things like um, wholemeal bread, um, which is kind of milled up so the fiber is broken up like we spoke about with the, um, the tortilla and stuff. It's very easy to eat lots of that and eat lots of calories. Even if it is wholemeal, which is better than white bread in terms of feeling full, it's still ground up and the calories are quite available, okay? So 
think about that when you're making your your food decisions the reason that that is the case is that protein um, and fat are, are absorbed um, and digested they take longer to digest and they actually well let's say they take longer to absorb um, and they spend more time in your digestive tract so if your carbohydrates will be absorbed at the top of your digestive system fat somewhere in the middle and protein towards the end and obviously when it comes out at the end uh, you know what it is right so a longer time in transit it. So the more protein and fat you have, the slower the release is, the more you'll feel full and the longer that you'll feel full for. So that's really important. This is a lot of the reason why high sort of high protein or high fat, low carbohydrate diets are popular. So things like paleo diet or the Atkins diet, or I mean, recently there's this whole carnivore thing, which is weird, um, or, you know, keto diets or all this kind of stuff. Um, what else have we got? Dukan diet is a low carb diet. Um, anything like that. That's why these things are effective is because essentially they stop people, they get people to eat more protein and more fiber. As long as they control for fat calories, which are the most available, the most calorie dense calories, then that will work. Conversely, the reason that a whole food vegan diet works is, the, is, is exactly the same thing. It's very, very, very high in uh, fiber which means that it slows down. So fiber basically makes your carbohydrates stay in your gut for longer. Um, I've got a whole nother thing on fiber, so you should check that out. Um, that's not necessarily the point of today, but carbohydrate, but that's why eating a high, um, sort of like a whole, a whole plant, whole food plant-based diet will make a big difference in terms of helping you to lose weight as well. The thing that we need to remember here is that you don't have to subscribe to these very restrictive things. You can just follow the principles and then build your own preferred diet. So always looking to get sort of whole plant foods into your diet, always looking to making sure that you're getting decent sources of lean protein every meal or things like, you know, and so put those two things together, switching your carbohydrates out for things like beans and chickpeas and lentils will make a massive difference in filling you up and will do a, an awful lot towards helping to keep your calorie intake low whilst also making you feel good. OK, so if you were to implement those things, which we'll go through a summary uh, just at the end, then firstly, you now will have a more informed decision um, when it comes to choosing foods. Hopefully you understand that a little bit more about how the processing of foods can affect their caloric availability and actually affect your results. Um, and then you can make better decisions. Hopefully as well, if you implement those decisions, you'll feel more satiated throughout the day, you'll feel less need to snack, you'll feel less hungry when you haven't eaten, you'll be better able to keep your calories low and actually keep yourself making good progress in terms of fat loss. And finally, your diet, which you've been working on, will actually yield the results that it promises, okay? That's the most important thing. So in summary, firstly, protein, and this critically, this is not protein bars, this is not protein shakes, Still recommend that you go for them, but this isn't this isn't what they're going to do. The maybe not protein bars, but definitely protein shakes. Protein is your best friend. Okay, this is the best thing that you can do. Make sure you're eating large amounts of lean protein, sort of low fat sources of, of protein. Okay, the calories on the packet aren't always accurate. Okay, they don't account for the metabolism, and they also don't account for the availability. Okay, so that's why. You shouldn't always rely on those um, and don't and take everything that you read on that front with a pinch of salt. 
if you focus as much on the quality of what you're eating as you do the calorie um, the calorie figures on the packet, that will that will really help you to make better decisions. And lastly, fullness is is all about transit time. So the more that you can push in those protein, those fibers, those that kind of stuff, um, whilst keeping your your carbohydrate and fat intake moderate, is going to make a lot of difference to how full you feel. All right. So hopefully that was um, educational for you all. Uh, I hope you found that as interesting as I do, because I think that all this stuff's very, very exciting. Um, I will be uploading this shortly. And then um, if you're listening back and you have any questions, then let me know. I will just be having a chat to those who are here. Um, and thank you very much.